Good afternoon. Uh, my name is David Bischke. I work for a company called LearnOutLoud.com. And maybe we should do individual introductions here. Uh, go ahead, uh, Doug. I'm Douglas Welch. I am the host and writer of Career Opportunities, helping to build the career you deserve at WelchWrite.com. Okay. I am Seth Anderson. I work with David at LearnOutLoud.com, and I am the media manager, and I uh, pretty much we pretty much put together the podcast directory together for LearnOutLoud.com. Yep. The educational podcast directory. Yes. <laughs> I'm Jeff McQuillan. I'm with English as a Second Language Podcast.com. No. English as a Second Language Podcast. ESL Pod? ESLPod.com. <laughs> Thank you. That's my web address. Thank cool. you. Cool. Yeah. So if you. I'm learning to speak English, so you have to. He's know. got a. If, if you're uh, picking up a theme here, um, this is going to be an educational panel. And we're going to talk about uh, talk a little bit about education and podcasting in general. So um, to start off, I guess me and Jeff had formulated a few things that we're going to talk about. Sure. So if you want to just, uh, what do we got here to start us off? Well, we thought we'd start talking about what got you into podcasting. What was your inspiration to get into educational podcasting? Want to start down the line there? Yeah, go ahead, Doug. Um, basically, I've been writing my column, Career Opportunities as a Print Column, appears in a publication in San Diego named Computer Edge. And when I was working in a corporate world, and I was also writing for magazines like InfoWorld and Network World and, and publications like that, one of the things I quickly realized there was the ability I had to write for their, what they called at the time, the peer-to-peer -peer columns. It was something I could take from my own personal experience and relate it to 100, 200,000 other readers. And so it made a, I felt it made a great effect. And in fact, everything I do has some relationship to enter, uh, education in some way, including yep. my own personal consulting work. Yeah. Okay. And when did you start, Doug? I am one of the first 20 podcasters. Wow. Like September or something? September 24th, 2004. How did wow. you find out about podcasting that early? Yeah, boy, I don't really remember how. I was probably reading an online news group or something, but I, I actually used Adam Curry's first initial scripts, the Apple scripts, to, to check it out and went, hmm, because I'd been writing my column for eight years at that time. Uh -huh. And I had actually toyed with the idea of having an audio version of it. And all of a sudden, this thing came along and went, ooh, distribution model. Yeah, and exactly. I literally took the, the next column up that was going to be printed, borrowed some equipment, recorded it, and I've been doing two shows a week ever since then. Fantastic. Wow. Well, I mean, do you want to? I mean, when did we? Well, LearnOutLoud.com. I mean, we kind of discovered podcasting a little bit later down the line. I guess when the Wired article came out. In would like we? Would that be March. second generation? Would that be Wired article? Like <laughs> oh hell, I think it's probably tenth, fifteenth, twentieth generation. We're not in the top one hundred podcasters, but um, but yeah, we we top twenty. Um, top twenty. But <laughs> but um, re, but. Um, we got we began a uh, podcast called the Audio Learning uh, Revolution, which was uh, educational in nature. Um, our site features educational audio books, uh, free audio and video podcasts. We have our own podcast directory there, featuring strictly podcasts that you can learn from. And um, but yeah, our Audio Learning Revolution podcast was just to kind of complement that. We we talked about um, and we've been pod fading a little bit, but we've been, <laughs> <laughs> we talked we talked about um, pod fade. No, but this podcast is going to put us right back on the map. But, right. but, <laughs> but uh, we, t we talked about, uh, you know, all the, all the resources that are coming out there. Because it's just an amazing amount of resources in the audio space that are coming out there with, between uh, universities putting up their, their podcasts and, and um, just like free resources from all these different uh, places. But, but then we, recently we've been starting some new podcasts. And Seth, maybe you want to talk about those? 
Well, uh, the free, recent podcast is just some free audio, public domain stuff like uh, philosophers. And um, the biggest one that we got that's pretty big right now is a series of Emerson essays that we put out every week. Um, and we're just kind of expanding from there, getting a lot of kind of valuable stuff on audio that is uh, in the public domain and yeah, people want to hear. And they were recently focused, uh, featured on iTunes. I saw that. I, I, that, was yes. Weird. Yes, that was quite cool. amazing. It was, yeah, It was surprising, and, and it's getting a lot of subscribers. We're very happy about that, that, that Emerson in today's age is getting so, uh, kind of uh, getting out there and being so popular. We didn't realize uh, how many Emerson fans were out there, but, uh, but there are a lot. And so it's the, the Essays of Ralph Waldo Emerson podcast is one. We also have uh, the Philosophy Podcast, where we're taking a lot of classic excerpts from uh, uh, the the great philosophers and um, putting them in, in in very short form, good little bits that you can listen to on your commute or what have you. And uh, and then we also have like the Founding Documents Podcast, and that's about it. We're we're, we're looking we're looking to do more um, in the educational sphere. Set up a whole sort of uh, network of, of educational podcasts um, through our site, and just you know try to uh, educate. <laughs> Well, I got uh, my start back, I was in, uh, I think, July of 2005, and we, uh, along with my co-producer, Lucy Say, started putting together a daily podcast. We were re really uh, ambitious. You were, yeah, yeah, very ambitious. Wow. wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that lasted about 12, maybe 14 weeks. And weeks? Uh, That's pretty good, though. I, I was going to say 12 uh, days. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was uh, uh, our initial launch into it. And then uh, we, we sort of scaled that back and now we, we're down to three days a week. We do three 20-minute podcasts. And I come from sort of brick and mortar education world. I was a university professor for uh, 10 years. And so it's really interesting that, that there's nobody here on our panel right now who's actually from a, a school setting, which I think is, is very, very interesting because the, the, for me, even though there's ITNSU and there's a lot of, um, a lot of buzz about that, uh, really the most innovative stuff has been coming out of people who are, my, like myself, no longer at an academic That's institution true, yeah. and are really trying to do something different with this medium. So I'm kind of curious yeah. to what you guys uh, think is, one of, the, one of the questions I'm dealing with is what's unique about podcasting in terms of education? What does it really provide people that traditional models don't? Well, definitely I think it's what I always say about podcasting. Podcasting is all about what you want, when you want it, where you want it. The time-shifted aspect of podcasting, yeah. to, for me, yeah. is the most powerful aspect of anything. I've yeah. been driving back and forth in the San Fernando Valley each day to here to attend the conference, and you know what? I've listened to podcasts all yeah. the way, right. yeah. out and back, yeah. and it is really that functionality that makes it for me. Mm -hmm. uh, to be able to listen to the Emerson podcast, to be able to listen to other educational podcasts on the way out, is there's yeah. nothing better than that. Now, yeah. I will say, though, one of the issues I'm having is my wife is actually getting her Ph.D. She just finished her. She's kind of a non-traditional student. She's gone back to get her graduate degrees. And in that case, we've been exposed to a lot more academics recently. That's too bad. And they don't. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into that. But um, what I'm finding is they, they don't even know podcasting exists. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They maybe have heard of the word. Yeah. But I'm still having to do a lot of education, tie it back together, with them to say, why aren't you, you know, they're having these wonderful seminars or speeches or, mm -hmm. or guest uh, fellows come in to speak. Mm -hmm. They're not capturing that yeah. material. There's so much more that could be out there. Yeah. I am just amazed every day at how much great content mm -hmm. simply disappears into the ether. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that's some role that, that Learn Out Loud can play right. is, is assisting these people in capturing that information that's good for you. Yeah. It's especially good for them. Um, yeah. And I would, I, 
everything I do is, is trying to facilitate that capture. Yeah. Right, because we have places to put it yeah. if we can just grab it. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen some of those courses that are online, like yeah. UC Berkeley and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. I, mean, yeah, you, I mean, are you listening to stuff like that? I mean, did you, is that what you're thinking, or is that just sort of? Not necessarily, but like, for example, one of the one of the groups I'm trying to get a connection with is the Getty, the okay, Getty yeah. Center. Yeah. The Getty yeah. Center has an excellent series of lectures, and yes. I've actually attended those in person. But frankly. I can't get there all that often, even yeah. though I live just down the hill from them. Yeah. Yeah. Why aren't they recording both audio and video, those lectures, which yeah. are with the foremost experts in, for one of the examples of the one I went to personally was it was a, a whole lecture on the restoration of Frank Lloyd Wright's falling water. Hmm. Excellent. You know, I'm a geek in all things, granted. I'm also an architecture geek. But for that market, it was an excellent talk yeah. that could easily be have been podcast and wasn't, and was yeah. lost. Yeah. Yeah. And I do consider it that way. Yeah. Everything we don't record is a loss. Yeah. It's, it's, it's gone in the ether, and it will really never come back again. Ironically, I went to a Getty lecture last week, and I thought the exact same thing. I went well, over the villa. Now yeah. that podcasting's there, it's in stark, yeah. like, the just that it's there. We yeah. know that it can be out there and it has a way to be out there very easily for people to, you know. Well, the other thing is, is conferences, too. Now, obviously, we're at the Podcast and Portable Media Expo. Yeah. There are tons of conferences. I recently purposely attended a sustainable building conference that the city of Santa Monica hosted down in uh, a few months ago called Alt Build. I also do a gardening podcast, and my joke is, yeah, come and learn with me in my garden because <laughs> I am not an expert. Watch me screw up, basically. But it's fun. People love it. I have a, you know, a couple hundred listeners, and they really enjoy it. I went down to Alt Build with this express purpose of capturing some of that content, at least by myself. Again, they had a whole series of speakers the entire day. None of it was recorded. But I went from booth to booth, and I talked to people specifically who had something to do with gardening. And I, I gave them an opportunity to say, Tell me who you are, tell me why you're here at this, this conference, uh, what you're promoting, and then give me your URL at the end. And I ended up with 12, 15, three to four minute segments that I could then release through my podcast. So anyone who wasn't in Santa Monica that particular week, suddenly they could, they could at least get some of the content from that conference. Yeah. So Doug, do you think there's something particular that educational podcasters should be thinking about in terms of how they present thing. I mean, Seth mentioned the the courses online, like you, like, yeah. uh, I, which I I really liked. I was listening uh -huh. to yeah, uh, listen existentialism to and film like all week last week, just <laughs> yeah. enjoying that. I listened to a few of the you know, like a few of the podcasts from Berkeley, and I think what Berkeley's doing is really cutting edge because mm -hmm. it's taking the it's just, you know, universities take time, and, and a lot of them probably won't because they're just too concerned with their intellectual property. But um, but when it comes to like events and things like that, I think those will. Um, will eventually like I know like you got, uh, you guys are talking about the Getty Museum I know like the Hammer Museum they do they're doing some podcasts now and so I think it just will take some time for people to just catch on that hey wait a minute we can get this out to a lot bigger crowd it's a good way to let people know about museums and and what kind of events we're having here well there's this little there's a music podcast it's the Bowdoin School of Music I actually have no idea where they are yeah. but it's it's the recitals yeah it's the music school's recitals you know what talk about I like to do stuff that kind of forces me to pay attention to stuff that I might not otherwise pay attention to. Mm -hmm. yep. and, sometimes, and the one great thing about subscribing to a podcast like that is you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Yeah. And you know what? You don't like it. You fast forward to it. You mark it as played, whatever. But the point is there's going to be those times when you're driving down the, the freeway in your car, you're riding your bicycle, and it's going to stop you in your tracks. And you're going to go, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. There's mm -hmm. something I would have never run into before 
that has totally opened my mind in a given way. Yeah. Can I can I give an opposite experience? <laughs> Please. No, you're because, not allowed. I'm sorry. That's, right. that's, that's uh, closed your mind. Uh, yes. <laughs> I I've listened to a couple of educational podcasts from some of the major universities. Yeah. Not to name any names: Berkeley, Stanford, and <laughs> and some of them are good. Some of them are really good presenters. Yeah. They're professors who really know, and they and and they've zoomed in on them. Some of them are just like being back in torturous days of my undergraduate yeah, year, sitting I, through. Yeah. <laughs> so my, my, you know, is it enough just to stick a mic in front of? I think that's one of the things that the universities haven't even thought about. And I, I, I went to the university panel last yesterday. Do you just stick a mic in front of some? Is that sufficient, or isn't yeah. isn't there oh, something about that personal connection of no, podcasting it, that we? Well, we the fact is, you have you have lousy instructor, lousy communicating instructors, regardless right. of where you go. Yeah, right. no, you got to sift through them and. Yeah. And I think, but I, I do think universities, like, if they're going to take podcasting seriously, they have to think about, you know, they have to think about the podcasting audience. And in a, in a lot of lecture courses, they're they're asking questions to the class and there's no mic on the class. Yeah. Like, yeah. It just kind of become, and, you know, I mean, it's a weakness of it, but, it, you know, they're, they're putting it out there for free. So right. depending on how good the professor is, um, it's like some professors actually take into account, like, that people are listening, but some professors are just, like, they have the mic and then they just whatever, they don't care. Like, right. I, if they're, like, walking away from the mic or whatever, they just... Uh, anyway. I'd even go deeper than that, and I think one of the good aspects that it, what it might show up is just how a, a professor can know their topic to the nth degree mm -hmm. and be an expert in their field. But if they can't communicate that, right. that's an issue. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, yeah. what it's going to point up right away is if people, kids who are looking at colleges start to watch some of the podcasts or listen to the podcasts from the schools they're thinking of attending, mm -hmm. guess what's going to happen? Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't want to get stuck in that guy's class. Yeah. My God, I'd be asleep. Yeah. And you know what? It's going to become yet another definer of the service, and universities do mm -hmm. provide right. a service. Yeah. It's going to be another definition of the service they provide to their a students. A good filter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. I... Uh, um, I've been I've been thinking a lot about whether doing educational podcasts should be something that uh, uh, is part of you know, a larger system. Universities, for example, have some really great lecturers. I mean, if if you're example I use if you if you're Noam Chomsky, and you can get Noam Chomsky to record his yeah. linguistic podcasts. Uh, or his political podcasts and translate them into Spanish for Venezuela, whatever you're doing, <laughs> that would be, I mean, what university wouldn't want to get that content and use it in their linguistics classes? Yeah, I mean, it yeah, would yeah. seem to be a natural fit. And I, I just I don't know if you guys have seen educational institutions moving in that direction in your own context. See, I see with video, we see a lot of big name speakers with the video podcast that we've, or not, it's that's actually yeah. our more free video well, stuff Google that we have. But yeah, I mean, we have like a free audio and video directory that we have. And like, yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a lot that can supplement the educational experience with just the various like speakers and authors that are out there um, that have audio and video content. Because when you're dealing with, you know, students, they're they're on the go. They have their iPods. They don't like, you know, like so many times, like they don't do the readings that that you want. You know, they hand them like a, a big stack of, of articles to read for a class or something. That they never don't do the readings. To me, I don't know. No, no, <laughs> I, you always did them, but <laughs> no, but but, uh, but you know, in general, like you know, you just be like, I don't have time for for reading. But if I had my iPod and when I go to work out, I would definitely like to like hear. You know, maybe, you know, if it's like whatever, a linguistics course, if I could hear Noam Chomsky, like linguistics lecture that would supplement what we're learning about, I think mm. it's a great, um, a great supplement to, uh, to the educational experience and, and probably one that's underused. And I guess 
to some extent, you can say, well, not everyone's got an iPod, and so they miss out, but, uh, but everyone will eventually. Well, I, I think <laughs> Learn Out Loud is actually at the forefront of something very big here, and that is something that I've been doing myself for the last 20 years. Thank goodness I figured this out early on, which was education at its best is self-directed. Yeah. And yeah. resources like learnoutloud.com facilitate the on-demand, user-driven, learner-driven access to education. Yep. And personally, that's where I see the benefits from various university podcasts. I'm not going to go get my master's. I'm not like my wife who's going back to school at age yeah. 40, 44 yeah. to get a master's and a PhD. In fact, I watched her get her master's and I figured, okay, I could have probably done that. And I'm watching her getting the PhD and I'm going, <laughs> forget this, I'm out of here. Yeah. But I am very self-driven to learn stuff. And I yeah. do seek out stuff that is outside of my, my knowledge area and even some cases outside my comfort zone. Right. And Learn Out Loud and other directories really provide a great resource for finding those things that, that can really help me out in that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, most of our listeners, maybe I would guess 95% of our listeners are adults who are interested in improving their English. These are all self-directed learners. These are yeah. all, yep. you know. That's uh, our users. I mean, that's our users. That's, yeah, our, that's yeah. who are coming to our site. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So uh, the the question is, you know, what are the what are the traditional schools going to really do about that? And my my own, I'm I'm pretty, uh, I have a pretty pessimistic view actually. Uh, yeah, it seems obvious. <laughs> we're gonna, we're going to change that. We're going to change uh, that about what universities and schools can do because I've worked in. I, I was a high school teacher and then a university professor, and and uh, the system is very traditional. Uh, the, the 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 rewards and the incentives in that system are very different than. In, in quite honestly the, the, a market uh, uh, situation that, that we're all in. And so that, that pushes them or really hinders them in many ways uh, that, that they don't even think, they don't, they're not even thinking along those lines. Now, I think it would be great, I mean I think there's always going to be some, you know, I expect the real growth in this to come from places like the University of Phoenix, non-traditional yeah. universities that are going to start seeing the, the power of this. Uh, even though Berkeley and Duke and Stanford have gotten sort of the, 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 the press on this, I think the real innovation in terms of, for example, who's, you know, if you're going to develop an educational podcast, it's much better to, to develop that, I think, as original programming rather than taping the professor because there are certain specific ways that you can uh, yeah. help, help the learner in a, in a more one-to-one -one conversation, which mm -hmm. podcasting is about in addition to providing in addition to providing other sort of uh, uh, pedagogical you know, supports for them. For example, on our website, you can subscribe and download the PDF file that has vocabulary words, has yeah. all that sort of thing. Well, one, one, one possible method, too, to help professors, help the academic, uh, academic communities, academic communi yeah. academicians? Academicists. <laughs> um, We're all educated. Make yes. the sleep, too, is something that I see that is lacking is rather than sit down and record their lecture, do a inside the actor's studio. You need a facilitator yeah. to yeah. sit down with them. Oh, hey, we're back. We're back. We're back. We're with, back. Uh, <laughs> can you hit record again, please? Is it still recording? We lost our PA for a second. Are we okay? Okay. Is good? Recording? Yep, we're back. Okay. Good? You were, um, okay. Okay, it's recording again. Okay. But you can have a facility. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have a facilitator who can sit down with the expert, 
and help to draw them up. Because the truth is, and I myself am very much this way, I am much better in conversation with someone than I am standing up in front and simply disclaiming something. Yeah. Mm And I think there's an opportunity. And and it's going, a great idea. Going back to what you were talking about, if you know these University of Phoenix and others, I think podcasting is a way to break through those walls, to break down those ivory towers, mm-hmm. to really, and it's to the benefit of the university to break that down yeah. and to open to the community at large, because it's going to draw more students into their system if the system is seen as adaptable and yeah. educational and amenable to people coming in, especially non-traditional students. Right. No, I agree with you completely. I just don't think they're going to do it. <laughs> I, I do well, you and me, we'll go out together, okay. and we'll go down here to Claremont Graduate University, yeah, and right. we'll, uh, we'll start knocking on doors. There, there you go. <laughs> no, I do think that's a challenge um, in terms of, like, you know, like... If you're getting, let's say, you like you're trying to like major in like English literature or something like that, like the one of the key things is sort of the the community aspect that the university provides, and you know, and we've always kind of had that on our radar at Learn Out Loud. Like, how do you facilitate? I mean, because you can have people listen to great lectures and then listen to great um, audio books, great great podcasts, yeah. but how do you kind of facilitate the discussion with podcasting? And and it's and it's um you know it's a it's a stumbling block, but I think you know with maybe like sort of the social networking sphere, even though now it's kind of like for teenagers and, and stuff like that, like eventually it, there could develop more kind of along those lines of a networking for kind of educational stuff online. So, you know, people wouldn't just be like the isolated learner, like learning stuff and, you know, they could interact with people that have similar interests. And, and so well, yeah, we're I always have, thinking of that. I have so. some direct experience in that because my wife is teaching online classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. She, the, she's teaching, uh, mainly teaches uh, writing episodic television shows, one hour episodic okay. television shows, but she's also teaching some other more traditional classes. And they all, all the universities tend to use a system called Blackboard. Right. It's by a particular company. It's not I great. use Blackboard in college. Yeah. Frankly, it's okay. From a technical standpoint, it. I don't like it very much. No. But one of the ways in which we are involving podcasting is, rather than simply put up the text of her lecture, which she does, she is much a very personable person, a very personable speaker. And so we started recording all of her lectures. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen immediately is people getting more involved in the discussion groups, where they're required to mm-hmm. you know, discuss the issues. I call it the whispering in the ear effect. Mm-hmm. Podcasting is a very intimate media. Right. You're literally whispering in your customers, your students, your friends' ears. And I have found that to have a dramatic effect on how her students, her online students, perceive her as opposed to when we were just putting up the text. Yeah. And so it's one of those other elements where I like to push on people and say, look, this is, this is different. This yeah. is this is whispering in their ear. You're, they're going to retain this information in a different way, in a different part of the brain. And yes, they can read the text too, and then you've got a double effect on it. And so there's no reason not to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does Blackboard support podcasting now? It, it supports attached files. Okay. And so right, you simply right. attach the MP3, and for most people, but if it, they click no on it. there's no RSS on it. There's no RSS on it. That's one of my big complaints. Yeah. yeah. It, nowadays, if a website or forums does not have an RSS feed, I simply do not use it. It is too cumbersome, it's too difficult to visit that site every single day, and it eventually it just falls off my radar. Yeah. It really is important. Yeah. What about commercial aspects? I mean, as I say, we're all, we're all in this as, as private entrepreneurs for the most part. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, the, uh, the ways that uh, someone who's interested in getting an educational podcasting 
as, as providing content. I mean, is there, is there advice that you would give them? Uh, I know there's some things I, I would have liked to have been told in terms of, edu uh, of how to go about it and, and how to reach an audience. Yeah, well, I, I certainly think like the podcasting is, is an excellent um, marketing tool for larger you know, projects that you've spent a lot of time on. And it, frankly, you probably deserve to be able to get a little compensation for. And, um, and so like for the instance, like ESL pod, like, you know, like you have your, your English as a Second Language podcast, but then like there's, there's actually very few sort of uh, downloadable like uh, language programs yes. that are out there. Right. Um, you know, you have your Pimsleur and you have that, but it's, it's not downloadable because and it's expensive. And it's very and it's junk. And it, yeah, and it's very <laughs> expensive. It's not, it's not very personable. And, um, and, you know, it, and um, I think that there's a big market out there like for language learning and for a lot of other areas where you do something a little bit more comprehensive and podcasting is, is used to provide a sample of that. Because like, especially like in language learning, like all the companies that produce that stuff are so concerned about their intellectual property yeah. for that and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and really like, you know, you can do it a lot cheaper than what they're doing and you can... Um, you know, you can even provide all like the PDFs and what you said, and just all the sort of like learning materials you would need to, to, to put out a good language program. Like all those tools are out there, and so it's just I think the podcasting is just a great tool to be able to introduce people to kind of your methods of teaching language or whatever, what have you. Um, and I think um, like you know when it comes to entrepreneur, I mean we our podcasts at Learn Out Loud are very much like. You know, let's. We just want to get uh, kind of our brand out there and and um, bring people in to uh, to uh, check out what else we have on the site. You yeah. Know? I mean, basically, the podcast is not the product. Mm -hmm. The yeah. podcast right. is a marketing tool. Absolutely. Right. The product you're selling, for example, for myself, I'm actually sort of being pushed, drug, leaning toward you know doing career coaching. Yeah. That's yeah. that's where I'm yeah. starting to see the possibility of turning uh, uh, the career opportunities podcast into something. Uh, that is monetary, monetarily feasible, and that is by selling the ancillary services, selling the whiteboard sessions, selling yeah. the private one-on-one -on -one consulting, selling the email consulting, whatever, whatever grows out of it. That way, and personally, that's what I like. I actually get paid to write the column as it is, and so I'm actually even at that point getting some money for writing those words that I put out there. But it's mainly as an attractant, and honestly, my columns are written to make people think, mm -hmm. and right. so the. Extra services would be about okay. Let's link together on how to apply what I've what I've written in the column. So yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, what are we on? Uh, we got a uh, little time left, huh? Just a little bit, I think. Yeah. Nothing. One, One minute. minute. Um, where where are you going to go with your podcast? Do you think? What do you got any plans? I our plans, I think, are to move into doing uh, more packaged courses and and using great what, idea with yeah, you. using what we have as an audience base and start getting them to buy premium podcasts that we sell as downloads. Absolutely. Yeah. Great what idea. Think, what do you think with us, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to ask my question <laughs> myself. Um, yeah, well, we're going to keep putting uh, podcasts out there. We keep recording content for our users, and it's, it's primarily like free stuff. Um, I don't know that we're going to be uh, launching any sort of podcast where we are like writing all the content for it, but, but we'll, we'll still do our audio learning revolution. Uh, and uh, we, yeah, we just want to get out a lot of public domain stuff that really hasn't been explored that fits well into the podcast format, just so people can can see um, sort of like what we're about and uh, and just really learn. I mean, it's it's all about education for us uh, in the end. And um, so, yeah, our future is just.
put out put out more podcasts. So real quick, URLs, everybody? Uh, ESLPOD.com. And we are www.learnoutloud.com, and our podcast directory is podcast.learnoutloud.com. Yep. And career opportunities, that's at weltrite.com, W-E-L-C-H-W-R-I-T-E.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Nice meeting you formally. Yes. I don't think